<laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Babe, the podcast where I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about babes, babes, uh-huh. and babes, babes yeah. and admit some babe things about myself and my own life. Mm-hmm. It's all about candidness. And uh, have friends on the podcast, hence the name Babe with Lauren Friends. And my friend, for a long time now, is Graydon Shepard. Hello. Hi. Thanks you, for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know something? What? Did you know that? Peaches come from a camp. <laughs> they were put there by a man. <laughs> In a factory downtown. If I had my little way, I'd eat peaches every day. <laughs> that song's been in my head for like... A month. You were singing it last night. Oh, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) And I heard it and then it earwormed me for like a split second. Yeah. But it is stone fruit season. Mm. So you know what that means. It means peaches are coming from a tree. Buy a peach and fuck Fuck it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Call me by your name. (laughs) His dick must have been pretty small. (laughs) If a peach like... Didn't get busted up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did kind of get busted up, but like he really had a a wild time and was satisfied by that peach. Yeah. And so that, I don't know, you do the math. (laughs) (laughs) You must not be hitting that bussy too hard. No. And question, Mm -hmm. in that movie, Army Hammer was a lot older than him, right? Mm -hmm. He was like 17. Yeah. What's his name? timothy chalamet yeah was supposed to be 17 i think yeah i mean is that like are we gonna be weird about that or everyone was just like chill they're like it's gay so it's not also age of consent differs by country and state and in italy anything goes yeah (laughs) (laughs) once you can taste a gabagool you can have a cannoli (laughs) get that prosciutto (laughs) thin prosciutto is that labia Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> There's hair on the prosciutto. Play ball. Off to a great start. Um, I told you this yesterday, but. I'll tell the world. I don't give a shit. Yeah, tell me again because I, I kind of blacked out yesterday. <laughs> we hang out. I was having an emotional day, and Lara was my emotional support human. <laughs> yeah. So Graydon was just straight up drinking rum and coke. Yeah, which is a wild twist. Yeah. I did not know you were like a rum and coke kind of guy. I not usually, but I was. But just you just in some sort summertime. of mood. It was just Cuba Libres. <laughs> you wanted to go island style. <laughs> Irie. jaw (laughs) so you got some rum and a coke and brought it over and i don't fuck with that so i I was like i noticed you didn't i'll just break open yeah i'm not i was had i had full fat coke too it was like a moment a delight yeah i i'm just not really like a two ingredient drink kind of gal it's just like not for me okay hard liquor is hard for me yeah hard liquor straight up though no not really. I have in the past, but like it's not doesn't really like call my name at this point. <laughs> doesn't call you by your name. No. Um wine calls me by my name. What was the first hard liquor you had? Like what did you first get drunk on? Vodka was the first hard liquor that I had. Yeah, same. And we would I went out with like the girls cross country team 
because I was like a JV cross country and all the varsity girls would like round up the JV girls and be like, we're taking you out tonight. And then we went to a house party and they bought a bot like a bunch of vodka and then all these like Gatorade bottles. Oh God. And they would take like, I want to say it was like the like one liter Gatorade bottles or something. Mm-hmm. And pour like a quarter of it out or like almost half of it out and just fill the rest with vodka and hand it to us and just were like go nuts oh my god so i drank that whole thing blacked out <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the first time is always a babe because you don't know when to stop no You're like i feel great i'm gonna keep doing this forever yeah and yeah. it's like not like take a sip see how you feel like no one teaches no. you how to drink responsibly yeah which is a failing of our educational system. Another one. <laughs> it's just like, go, go, go. Well, and Gatorade gets you like super fucked up, doesn't it? It like directly deposits it into your blood via the electrolytes or something. I guess. I'm not really sure, but I yeah. got faded. And <laughs> then me and the other, my other friend, Molly, who was also on uh, JV Cross Country, I just remember we were sitting on the ground with a circle of like all like the juniors and seniors standing around us. Mm-hmm. And like, we were just like both fucked up and they would just like ask us questions and then we would answer and they would laugh at us. <laughs> and that went on for a while, but it was like funny. Yeah. And then the next day, like that Monday at school, then it was like, that's a girl that got drunk at the party and like blah, blah, blah. But everyone it was like funny. Perfect. Cause I was yeah. like, okay, all I said was like, they're like how are you getting home and i was like my magical thing is coming to take me like and so i got teased about that but it didn't really bother me because it was like <laughs> now had alcohol to help you yeah. cope yeah <laughs> i didn't know what oh the horrible God. things could happen when alcohol come in the mix i was feeling pretty good about life <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oops oops so yeah that was a fun time what about you what was your first like get drunk my first get drunk like real drunk on hard alcohol uh i went to a party in uh i lived i went to high school in a a town next to mine because i'd been bullied so badly as a kid that i switched schools (laughs) no (laughs) yeah you were yeah um and so i like just needed to get out of that town so i left and i went to a different high school and so i had to get a ride there my brother bought me polar ice vodka, which is like really cheap vodka. Mm-hmm. And I, like I, like you, I had no idea how much to drink yeah. or how much to mix it with. And so I just like drank the whole thing. <laughs> the whole Classic, Mickey. Yeah. Do you call it Mickey's here? Um, no. It's like Was the 350 like milliliter one. Like yeah, this, no, that's this, a Canadian thing. We call thing. it Mickey's. So you drink a Mickey of vodka? I drank a Mickey of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom was coming to pick me up at midnight. <laughs> and so I was practicing calling home to say like, mom, don't worry. Don't, you don't have to come pick me up. We're just going to like hang out and watch movies. Uh, I'm staying the night. Mm-hmm. And so I like was practicing in front of everybody. And they, I was like, Hey mom, it's all right. We're going to have movie time. <laughs> and they were all just losing it. And they're like, call her, call her now. <laughs> so I called home and my sister answered. And I said, hello. And she's like, are you drunk? The first word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom was already on her way. That's why like, she was like, it's like a 20 minute drive. So she was already coming. Yeah. Yeah. She knew. So then I puked in the bathtub 
ate half a tube of toothpaste and then <laughs> told her <laughs> that everyone toothpaste. yeah told her <laughs> that everyone played a trick on me and threw my uh my puke covered shirt in the bathtub and got it wet <laughs> and she was like yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and she knew my hangover was you know punishment enough oh i love that yeah I think I got in, I think I got caught that night for drinking too. There was one night there I got like one night where I like crawled up the stairs and I think we had a babysitter at the time and she was like, Laura was drunk last night. She couldn't (laughs) walk up the stairs. She like crawled up them. Wait, who was being babysat? Uh, My siblings. Yeah. You're what order? Um, I'm the oldest. Okay. Do you think I'm going to babysit those people? Oh, I didn't know you were the oldest. I'm the youngest. So I was okay. like, yeah, you were just like Scott free, whatever you want. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. That's how it was with my sister. Like she never got in trouble for being drunk. Yeah. Um, so that was one time. And then another time I went on aim, like right when I got home, cause mm. I thought it was so fun to be like <laughs> drunk on aim and like, it was just like, I'm so drunk to like oh a bunch of people and then passed out at the computer. And then my dad like woke me up and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. And then went upstairs <laughs> and he was like, you were drunk last night. Like, and I was like, no, I'm no, not. And he goes, at look computer. at the computer screen. And it, like all of the messages <laughs> were up. And I was like, I was pretending to be like cool to people. <laughs> you also reek of vodka. Yeah. You can tell. I was never fooling anyone. No, no. If you think people can't tell you've been drinking, you're wrong. Especially it when you're stinks. not even just like you had a couple glasses of wine, you're feeling no. a little loose. Yeah. It's like you it's fucking out of your binge drank yeah. vodka to the dome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Those oh the days. man! Yeah, what a time! Yeah, <laughs> still happening. <laughs> <laughs> For you, it's like it never ended. Yeah. yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I I drank my biodynamic wine last night and then mm-hmm. no hangover today. Did you have good. a hangover today? Uh, I mean, I took an Adderall right when I woke up, so it just kind of so disappeared. Managed, <laughs> you managed it. <laughs> That's truly the key. Hit a business meeting. <laughs> oh, God, are you okay? Yeah. <coughs> what if I died on this podcast? <laughs> You'd have to p- figure out how to post it. <laughs> how to use audacity to export you'd figure that out easy yeah, yeah. then you just would have it. to get in online and but like all my passwords are just saved so oh, as long as you perfect. could figure out the website i'm sure you could do the rest so make sure it uploads then just take over your police. life i just skin yeah. you i had the most psychotic dream i know it's not fun to talk about dreams but Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what was it um i 
dreamed that uh, dreamt that my sister was pregnant and my other sister they skinned her and took all of her guts out and put her used her as a coat to keep my pregnant sister warm <sighs> and my pregnant sister's uterus was hanging on an iv hook and she was walking around the hospital and the <laughs> what the fuck and the doctors <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> The doctors were trying to look up how to do a C-section, and I was like, you skinned my sister. You know how to take a baby out of a sack. <laughs> wow. That's the kind of stress I have that it <laughs> manifests in true terror. At Damn. Night. Yeah. No wonder I'm tired all day. That is a really wild dream. <laughs> I never am phased by dreams, and that really has thrown me. Yeah. I, like, tripped over my sister's skin, but she was also alive. <laughs> And her head was just hanging off and they were like, so she was still, was she like talking or was she like out? She was talking. Okay. She was like one of the, do you remember those girls who had the like, who were twins and one of them has a, like her head's coming out of her sister's neck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like that. Uh, Wow. It was like a Francis Bacon painting. It was like, (laughs) it was like the cell. That is like a Francis Bacon dream. Yeah. It was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Violence against women. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was dark. That's wild. Uh-huh. <laughs> you need to hit someone up on Talkspace, throw that at them, and see what they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, Can I tell you what I'm doing, man? Yeah, they instantly 5150 you. <laughs> Through the computer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> No, I'm not dream shaming you. No, I know, I know. That's just like I was like just like oh, not everyone has those types of dreams. Yeah, that's a kind of regular occurrence, <laughs> an extremely fucked up dream. Yeah, yeah, I've been having like very vivid dreams um, lately as well. Mm-hmm. Not in like skin suit, <laughs> uterus, <laughs> IV sack way, but like I dreamed I was like. I had a sex dream about one of my neighbors. Nice. Love that. And I don't know. It was just was like, it good? Um, no, it was like, mm. but it wasn't like a nightmare or anything. It was just like, we, I woke up at his like loft downtown, which he doesn't live in, but mm-hmm. like it was this one person that's my neighbor, not Ryan, <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> was it, is it that Australian guy? Does he still live here? No, I wish it was hot? him. Okay. It was like a gay neighbor of mine yeah. who lives across the way who is cute, mm-hmm. but like, it. I mean. Doesn't do it for you. He kind of does do it for me. Oh, okay. But like in the dream, I like had spent the night at his apartment was like kind of getting up and about to like go about my business the next day. Mm-hmm. And then at one point I was like getting ready. I think we were going to go get like brunch or something like that. And I was in the bathroom and he came up behind me and started kissing me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, let's like have sex. And then I reached, but like I reached down and grabbed his dick. And then in my head in the dream, I was like, why do I always do that? Why am I just like making the sex happen so fast? Like, what is that about? Like, oh when God, am I going to get mine? Yeah, it was like, th- <laughs> totally. And then he fucked me and I just felt nothing. And I was like, this sucks. And then I was like, this is the first time I've had sex in over a year and it sucks. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, oh, I still haven't had sex. <laughs> That's the worst when you can't even get any in your dream. Yeah. 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 Where it just felt like nothing. Yeah. Who knows what that means? Hmm. <laughs> both fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe I shouldn't have fired my talk space therapist today. Oops. I would love for you to tell them that dream. Yeah. I, like, I want to know. I genuinely want to know, like, what they say to something like that. Yeah. I, like, having I, no idea. Do they even know what you look like on that app? Uh, I Yeah, she does because I was like, you I talked about chick girl like, saying. I was like, here's my resume. <laughs> um, no, but, like, I talked about chick girl saying and stuff and, like, what that meant. Okay. And, and she, like, she, Google she me watched first, the videos. Yeah. Google then me. Yeah. It was so, so funny uh, not to like be complaining, but, um, I listened to, I think it was Mark Marin with the woman, um, Anna Klumsky mm-hmm. and she's on Veep now and she, but she was in my girl and she was talking about how like that was a trauma for her, even mm-hmm. though it was a good thing because like trauma can just mean like before and after a certain event. And yeah. It's just like my life before shit girl say it was a different thing. Yeah. And now is like it's it was like before and after that thing Mm -hmm. and i just like that recontextualized everything for me so yeah i thought that was an interesting point (laughs) i love that (laughs) that was a good change so talk space like is she gonna say something about talk space no Uh, no no just just like talking about like because she went through therapy yeah. And that's, you know, obviously her therapist knew who she was. So, <laughs> yeah, I've wondered if my therapist has ever, well, she actually knows. I've told her everything. Yeah. So she doesn't need to like, either, but they just like don't care. That's the thing. No, they don't They're care. Not interested. <laughs> I'm like, the not interest is mutual. Yeah. <laughs> like, it only needs whatever happens in the room is like what matters. Yeah. And that's how you know, I think that you have like a good therapist. Yeah. 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 Talkspace, I think, is bullshit. I think those texting app things are bullshit. Yeah. I was doing it for a long time, and I think I need to switch to, like, IRL. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's just also up to their discretion when they, they respond. They can just, like, get back to you whenever. Yeah. I've heard other people being, like, you know, my therapist took four days to get back to me on something. And that's what happened this weekend. I was like, uh, I need help with something. And then it was, like, no response. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is the point of that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, Thanks do you want some, to text someone who won't text you back? Text me. <laughs> <laughs> it did take you a minute. <laughs> no, you were very sweet, though. You were, it was fun. Hopefully for you, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, I had a blast. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, we watched Big Little Lies, and I'm sorry, we both have a bone to pick. This yeah. season fucking is bullshit. Yeah, it's over next week. Next week is the, the finale. What are they talking about? It's seven episodes long. Of nothing happening. Of nothing has happened. It, There's no, like, big thing to cliffhang off of. No. Or, like, no big arc to resolve it's and Meryl, then have yeah. a break for another season. It's just, like... What? If Meryl doesn't skin Nicole Kidman and wear her while walking around with an embryo bag. <laughs> I know, like someone like is someone gonna like shoot up the courtroom or something like that? Like something crazy has to happen. And I feel like nothing crazy is gonna happen. And that courtroom scene was so frustrating seeing Nicole like be slut shamed for that whole scene and then like eventually like stand up for herself later it was so dumb. It was weird. Yeah. I th- I truly thought that we were like midway through the season. Same. Yeah. I was like, oh, 12 episodes, like it's fine. We'll be on this like ride for a lot longer and things are going to really come together and then now it's just like oh, it's just going to be over. Yeah. And then I'm like, is that a mistake? Like, did they mean to say <laughs> the finale and it's really like Oh yeah, I didn't even look it up, but that's what it sounded like. Yeah. I guess we could find out. But also the erasure of the director 
Andrea Arnold. Do you know that? Oh yeah. You, you were know, telling me that. Yeah. What happened? Um, so David E. Kelly went to do the second season of sharp objects. And so he didn't have, is it David E. Kelly? Oh, it's the other guy. David O. Russell. (laughs) (laughs) Three name David guy. No, it was, um, Jean-Marc Vallée. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. But wait, it was some, anyway, I forget. I didn't read the article. (laughs) I love it. There are no, everyone knows there are no facts. No such thing as facts on this podcast. I'm like a total, like. Only uh, rumors. Yeah. Second hand, third hand information. Second and third, fourth hand information. (laughs) (laughs) But like they, uh, Andrea Arnold directed and, and then edited all the episodes. And then the dude came back after doing pretty sharp objects <laughs> pretty sharp objects. it's like sharp objects it's just like a little different it's like pretty, pretty sharp objects gossip um <laughs> and they recut everything and kind of like took out all of her style apparently because they wanted the season to be more in line with the first season damn well it isn't so huge <sighs> yeah bll fail sigh. yeah Euphoria, on the other hand. Big little size. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Big little size. (laughs) Pretty little size. Pretty little size. (laughs) Pretty sharp object. (laughs) How sharp are those? those, uh, Would you say the objects are? They're pretty sharp. (laughs) They're like those um, paper cutters you get in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sharp. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like my kitchen scissors currently (laughs) in need of replacement. (laughs) Blunt objects. Uh, the stone that's only been tumbled for a little bit. Euphoria is the best show on TV now. Yeah, so good. So exciting. So exciting. Zendaya rules. Yeah. One name. She's uh, like just fucking owning everyone. I showed you. And we watched the Zendaya's Michi video last night. Oh, yeah. That was, was really so good. good. Um, Zendaya and whoever plays Jules, I started following her on Instagram. Heather. I forget. Parker, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast where we just guess stuff. <laughs> we know nothing. <laughs> Heather Parker. I need to follow her. Yeah, she's great. Uh, and like the at- interviews afterwards with her are always so good. And yeah, it's so interesting to hear how they approach it all. Man, what a show. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> Euphoria is good. <laughs> Filled with hot takes. It's so today. beautiful, though. It's so gorgeous. It's stunning. Yeah, yeah. And the writing's really good. Yeah. And I'm here for rules. I'm here for everyone on that show. Yeah, I stand rules. They're all sexy. Mm-hmm. Even the psycho son. Even the psycho. But especially son. Dane. I'm a daddy Dane. Him. I know. I was not on the Dane train until <laughs> last night when I fully got it, and then now I'm like. Dane me up. Yeah. With his Chris Crocker storyline. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dane my whole. <laughs> Dane my whole. <laughs> Put your thumb in my mouth, daddy. <laughs> Wait, but let's talk about the main, the oh, biggest the main event. little lie <laughs> on HBO, which is the new Big Little Lies. Is... I'm opening up my notes because I, I love you now, so die. much. Oh my God. It is it. That is the, okay, there's just like a lot to unpack. It's, 
I started watching it and I couldn't watch it because like it was so sad seeing his family like be so upset and like mm-hmm. sing those little songs about him and stuff and like yeah. his grandpa on the scooter and all that stuff. It was just like, oh my God, this is too dark. Mm-hmm. But then you convinced me that there's like so much more to it. There's a lot of twists. Yeah. At first it took me it took me on a <laughs> It then took me on a roller coaster, y'all. It was fucking crazy. It started off and I thought she did it. And then... (laughs) Who am I? My Oklahoma has really been unleashed. Is there an Oklahoma accent? It's kind of like that. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. It's like not Southern, really. Yeah. It's just like bumpkin country Western slash like trash <laughs> but not you know what i mean i know what you mean in the kind way yeah i mean in the kindest loving most charming trash. way like possible. oscar the grouch yeah yeah and i don't think that that is like a trash accent i like it i slip back no into i it think it's as yeah. y'all can see yeah. it took to me on a journey <laughs> but did you have did you have to suppress your accent um no not really but when i go back home and then i'm around a lot of people i feel uh-huh. like i kind of just start to talk like that again yeah Maybe I just want to be accepted and that's why, but like, but like it just, it's easy when you're around people that talk like that yeah. in your home state. Oh yeah. I slip back into Canadian accent. Yeah. They also speak so slowly up there. God, it drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> but like I started out that doc being like, Michelle is fully guilty. Yeah. Like she is a monster. What a yeah. fucking psycho. Like, and then I truly just went on the exact journey they wanted the viewer to go yes, on. This narrative. And then, oh, you, yeah, yeah you I'm like a sucker along. for a yeah. narrative. I'm like, put the leash oh. on me and lead me around. This is the truth. Yeah, but now I'm like, fuck that kid, Conrad. Sorry you're dead, but like, fuck oh you. And fuck the patriarchy. It was really. I'm a Michelle a truther yeah. in that she did what she did was fucked up and weird but like not grounds for going to jail no i don't know i was thinking about it because i'm like you know i've been suicidal yeah (laughs) and i've like called the helpline and like gotten to that point Mm -hmm. um and like you uh i was just thinking i was like if i was at that point would i would somebody saying those things to me drive me over the edge and i was like maybe i don't know but then at the same time would do they deserve to be charged it's i don't know it's so it's murky yeah like i understand what the judge was saying when he was like the thing that she's at fault for is saying get back in the car because yes. that's like what she's been imprisoned for yes. or like what yes. she the, the crime that she committed yeah and like because he had taken the steps to like leave the car and and decided not to kill himself yeah she changed his mind but then given the context yeah. of like everything that he like the, of their entire relationship and everything that she had been through with him which was essentially they were she was in like an abusive relationship with this person yeah who like every day would be like, I'm going to kill myself tonight. And she'd be like, okay. And then go to bed mm. thinking that he was going to die That's and then wake up torture. the next day. Yeah. And he'd be like, JK, like I'm still Morning alive, sunshine. babe, but tonight I'm doing it. And it's like, after a while you're like, okay, yeah, fucking do it. Like, uh, that's what you want. Like you clearly you want someone to tell you to do it. 
It's yeah. really murky. I think people it's get so... weird about suicide and like there's so many emo and like rightly so there's a lot of emotions. It's like a really right. dark like thing that you can't understand unless you're like killing yourself and then you're yeah. not around to like explain to people. Well, and I think that's like that's why I like just divulged that I've been down that path so far that I needed to like get help for it is because it's a weird thing where you feel like you can't talk about it because you feel like you're trying to get attention or something. Mm -hmm. And that's what like was so wrapped up with this show was like, is she just trying to get attention? Was he like, it's yeah, it's such a tricky thing because it's such it's on the forefront right now. And everybody jokes about killing themselves. And like, it's like, out there yeah i just don't think people are actually necessarily like able to talk about it Mm -hmm. as freely as we say we should all be able to talk about it you know yeah yeah well because i think it just feels when you're in that space really dark like it's like it's like the darkest almost the ugliest space that you can be in where it's like i hate my life and yeah. everything would be easier if I was gone yeah. and like just ended everything. Yeah. And that's like really feels like a solution to like all the problems yeah. wrapped into like a kill and yourself. Just how much ten- att- attention you get. <laughs> just <laughs> joking. That's from strangers with candy. Um, <laughs> but then that's why it's so fucked up is because y- you think with the current culture that, somebody who's young and in the same boat would be more sensitive to like trying to help that person stop doing that. Yeah. But then it's like, is that a crime just saying, yeah, you can't force somebody like the, his argument off the top of like, she wasn't there standing beside him on the bridge saying, if you don't jump, I'll push you. Yeah. There's no threat. That's not like do this or else. It's just like, I mean, these two really, fucked up people that were going through a lot of shit found each other and then like a toxic relationship bloomed and i mean i think that if he hadn't found her he probably would have found someone else to be to fill her role be it like a friend or Mm -hmm. like someone else on the internet like i mean they're also the craziest part of their relationship was that they had seen each other five times irl like never actually met up yeah And I've had like that. I had that kind of relationship with like an older boy when I was like 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. And we would just like aim chat all day and like fell in love over aim. Mm -hmm. And then he was like a counselor at this school when I was like a counselor in training. And so I was like, I was like 14 or 15. I was had just graduated from eighth grade so i we worked at like a summer camp at my school yeah um they had like camp cassidy and so then when after eighth grade you could be like a cit and then all the counselors were like freshmen through uh, seniors so he was older too like i was like probably 14 15 he was like 17 or so Mm -hmm. and we would just like aim talk hours and hours like said i love you we're like obsessed with each other but then i he would pick me up because he lived really close to my dad's house where i was living at the time and he would take me to and from camp and we would not speak to each other in the car we would not speak (laughs) to each other at camp yeah 
and like <laughs> i think we kissed like a couple times yeah but it was just like i couldn't there was i couldn't even speak to him and then i would get home log in mm-hmm. he would get home log in and then we would just like aim just like talk like crazy but there was no like irl was like so awkward yeah what is that about it's like it's like school dances too like where you're like everybody's so excited to go to the dance mm-hmm. and then you just sit and then you by just, the like, wall yeah even like look at anyone anybody uh i don't know yeah i think it also i love like i was so fascinated by that concept that sh- sh- like they were playing out movie scenarios like fault in our stars the leah michelle twist oh, i did the not glee see that thing. coming I and then i was like wait tapped i'm like glee <laughs> what how it's so wild yeah it's wild how like seminal that show was for like a bunch of people and i'm not one of those people (laughs) like people fucking died for glee oh god and i was just like this weirds me out you guys are fucking freaks yeah (laughs) (laughs) you just listen to the songs you want to listen to you don't have to see them on a tv show (laughs) yeah i'm like i no comprende I liked it at first, to be real. But I think then I did watch like the first season, and then sure. I was like so annoyed by everyone. I was yeah. like, "God, the show is just like <laughs> nothing but an annoying drone," and I can't. Yeah. Meanwhile, Michelle, Leah, Michelle, or Michelle Carter is Michelle yeah. Carter is like, like me and Leah fucking ride or die. Like yeah. we're living the same life. Yeah. Yeah. And then she like that she basically quoted I don't know though, like she basically was like, I'm feel like I'm the luckiest girl in the world until he died or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Just kind of copying pasting Leah Michelle yeah. from Ellen. Um <laughs> the, just that was a real twist. Yeah. And I get being I get like living in a fantasy world. Sorry, I saw like a fruit fly getting into <laughs> blue. Like I'm like, forget, I'm really unprofessional today. <laughs> Coughing into the mic. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like breaking all the podcast rules. Um, but I remember, and I think I still have in my like adult years lived in like fantasy worlds around romance and yeah. relationships. And it's a gamification of real life yeah. experiences to be like, I like make this ideal relationship with people online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Online or even just like in your head, like yeah. think about like think like all the things that you feel you can't say to the object of your affection, but then mm-hmm. it feels really nice to like stew in those like feelings of like romance and like yearning and wanting. And like, it's like being drunk off of their, love that you don't have but you want so desperately but you like can't voice it to them yeah and and, and the also it's like very queer that they had this secret relationship that they didn't tell anybody about or they did or just like it seemed like star-crossed lovers kind of thing yeah it was very had a very like star-crossed lover type of vibe but then also she's a fucking lesbian (laughs) icon yes because she's fully gay do you think yeah. You see her haircut when she comes back to get sentenced? Yeah, she got it. She got it. Crap. She butched up a little bit yeah, for prison. I was like, good for you. She's going to go to prison and get a GF. But then, yeah. And just and like, also she got like a pretty chill prison sentence, like 15 months. Yeah. Is she out now or she's still there? They said at the end she was currently serving, I guess. So. Yeah. But I think that it's like, it wasn't like, that's like a manageable, I'm a, I'm a, would never want to go to prison, 
but like if I was going to go to prison, I would hope that it would be for like a 15 month sentence or something like that. Yeah. You know, seems manageable. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong or am I right? I'm right. It's manageable. Yeah. It's doable. I think, I don't know. I mean, it scares me as a man. I love, did you, do you remember, did you hear about that case where they, they sentenced a guy to die because they thought because he was gay and they thought he'd like prison too much. That was recent. What? That That was recent. Yeah. That's fucked up. The thought of like the government killing people is really fucked up when you really think about it. No, it's so wrong. It's like really bizarre. It's so awful. It's very like yesteryear. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get with the program. (laughs) Don't kill torture him instead feels like one of the commandments maybe (laughs) aren't you guys really fucking crazy about those things yeah what's up with that america you love the fucking bible unless you you feel like it also like to kill people (laughs) weird if you ask me but yeah i think that prison will be like a good experience for her and like a way to just wipe the slate clean almost. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm like so curious to hear about their families more too. Like they hardly, the parents and her didn't talk at all. Yeah. Right. Which and, I think was smart on their yeah, part. I mean, because of course, it's like an ongoing legal thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that anything that she was going to say or do would have incriminated her. Yeah. Her very presence in a courtroom incriminated her, <laughs> which is like true. insane. Like she made one face that was like, Nancy she Grace probably was like her itching mind. her nose. Yes. And then they capture one frame of her face being like, mm, and then Nancy Grace classic is like, Nancy Grace lives. <laughs> what is that like snark? Music. Yeah. <laughs> She's so the worst. She goes, the devil is dancing tonight when Casey Anthony got acquitted. Oh, my God. I love Nancy Grace and like her. She's so like passionate about (laughs) fucking hating women. (laughs) Love your passion. Hate your morals. She found her passion, which is just like she fucking hates women and like wants to find (laughs) Natalie Holloway. The only women she likes are dead ones. Dead ones missing. <laughs> oh my god. Well, it's like the Eileen Warnos photo where she's like holding her um Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. She's, she's got her, her wrists like, up yeah. with in their handcuffs. Another lesbian and it icon. It looks like yeah, it looks like they're she's like doing making a gesture of choking somebody, but she was just flipping her hair back because she did that. Yeah, she loved didn't you watch Monster? The bitch loves a hair flip. <laughs> <laughs> bitch let's flip she loves just like a dusting her hair yeah. off the shoulders yes. how are you gonna do that if you're fucking cuffed <laughs> witch hunts modern witch hunts modern witch hunts and like i think too the more the more you learn about conrad's family mm-hmm. the more you're like wait this oh family God. is really dark and off fucked up like i mean everyone's families are to a certain that. extent yeah. but like it became very apparent that there was a boatload of dysfunction. Yeah. And I think it's much easier to say, like, look at this girl. She encouraged him to kill himself. If it weren't for her, he would still be here, blah, 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 and point the finger as opposed to being like, wow, we went through a horrible divorce and he and his dad got physically violent with each other. And like, he was really depressed and like, we ignored every warning sign that there was like a problem yeah. happening. I yeah. mean, he made, was he making those YouTube videos? 
Uh, that was unclear. I don't know if he posted those or not. I mean, I think the family ha- like, and that's when you have a kid. And I mean, I'm talking as a single woman, childless, <laughs> but has a no, dog. And like, yeah. <laughs> I, but like, I truly believe it's your responsibility to like keep an eye on them and make sure that they're okay. And like, if your kid is really fucked up, mm-hmm. chances are it has a lot to do with you and your behavior. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I, that's how, how it was for me when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like I made the choice to do a lot of drugs and like get mm-hmm. in trouble and et cetera, et cetera, fill yeah, in whatever blank. Fun, so. <laughs> yeah. But like, I probably wouldn't have been in that situation if I wasn't dealing with like the family dynamic yeah. and also having like adults in my life that were giving me drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Blame so, doesn't. Yeah. It's way easier to be like, it's this girl who's 17 years old. Your brain isn't even fully developed when you're a teenager. Plus like they're on all those antidepressants and I knew kids at boarding school that took Celexa and it was like a fucked up journey for them. Really? Oh, God. That was like one of the one that was like one of the medications that I just had known that there were side effects based on like friends of mine or acquaintances that were like on it and Jesus. going through it. Yeah. So it's like you just can't really hold this person accountable for the death of this kid. No, no. It's interesting, though, the like concept of free will. Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe there is free will. I believe there's limited free will in that like if everything in your life happened exactly the same up until that moment, would you make a different decision? No, you can't. Yeah. That's just like everything like every choice is informed by everything that ha- happened in the past and what you've learned and stuff. So just like, yeah, they were just talking about that. And I thought that was, it, she contributed to his decision to keep going, which is like not necessarily his fault, but it's also, it's really fucking, it goes so hard into law and philosophy and that it's just like i can't yeah i'm too much of a dummy to actually <laughs> understand it it made me want to be a lawyer i love it you and david rudolph <laughs> there was a real point i was like rudolph and Chainholz. i need to just like fucking i don't want to really go to law school but i would <laughs> love to do like the kim k route where it's just like because you can do that in california usually study oh, yeah all right, you can take like, a bar without going to school or something. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> she's doing, which I'm sure costs a lot of money. As I said, I don't know anything. This is a pod, not a podcast about facts. <laughs> you should just commit a crime and represent yourself. That's a shortcut to being a lawyer. Yeah. That's like being a psycho, though. Yeah, that's Ted Bundy. Yeah. yeah. No one ever like comes away from that looking like smarter. <laughs> no. They're just like, wow, you're really fucking crazy. The lawyer who represents himself has a fool for a client. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know enough about the law to know that. But I think it would be fun to be in a courtroom. Mm. Like, Oh, and I guess I am my own lawyer because <laughs> oh my God. I'm just realizing this because this Friday is my trial for oh getting God, for pulled your, over in fucking January. Date? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. 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 Whoa. Your Full honor. Circle moment, your honor. <laughs> <laughs> I've not prepared anything for the case. I need to get my witness 
Oh, Fuck, I haven't asked witness? him. Should I subpoena? I thought my witness is just the guy that I was out to dinner with, who's um, now a friend. But can I, I be Chutney? I sh- what? Chutney from Legally Blonde. Can I be your Chutney? Yeah. Do you want to come? <laughs> yeah. do you, you can be a character witness. <laughs> I, I'm like, don't don't she's awful. I'm like, your honor, don't listen to any I've of... Seen her dark soul. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to any podcast episodes that Graydon's on, because he puts play, and you're like, uterus hanging from a bag. And I'm like, uh, he's like, go to jail. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't be Um yeah, what do I need? I should probably prepare for this. Well, hopefully the biggest hope is that this cop does not show up at the trial and then the ticket's thrown out. Yeah, but that's the most likely cop, scenario. But this it's a Friday a dick, afternoon. He? he was a dick. He yeah. probably is like ready to like I mean, I doubt that he's like ready to take a Friday afternoon to like deal with me again, mm-hmm. but you, you never, never know. know those pigs, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, please don't show up because <laughs> i just feel like i'm gonna be like a nicole kidman now i'm uh, scared i don't, don't know be scared. a nicole kidman she basically like fucked herself by okay so i need to get like a suit yes from zara no from acne yeah but that's like eight oversized yeah i know return it louch oh that's huge smart acne yeah. suit <laughs> a really slouchy like orange socks and like a red like turtleneck underneath yeah like a really bright like confusing slouchy suit go down to this fucking traffic court that's in the middle of nowhere downtown oh it's downtown but like not it's like in a weird area of downtown that's just like what area of downtown is weird i fucking hate that it's really this is like wild west where i'm like i don't even know where i am right now like and i know i'm downtown but i could not tell you where 90 degree heat in like a slouchy (laughs) suit and then wait in like a series of lines there's so many lines that you have to wait in and these like you wait in a long line with everyone going for their court time at that moment then there's like four elevators that move at a snail's pace and so everyone (laughs) gathers into the lobby and just like pushing like intensely no, to get or... in an, no not that i saw that but the, like you have to go up hazard. like six or seven <laughs> floors yeah and then you wait in the courtroom for your case to be called uh-huh. but yeah I, I need to i'll just write a statement <laughs> you need do you need like graphics printed do you need well, like a the annoying thing uh-huh. is that i had asked my witness slash date slash friend if he would take a photo of me of, and where my car was so i would have it as proof that i wasn't blocking a lane yeah for those of you that are just tuning in yeah, i'm like it. welcome <laughs> <laughs> uh i was pulled i was pulled over but not really pulled over because i had already pulled over to wait to get my car valeted so i was like apprehended at the valet stand with when i had my blinker on given a ticket for blocking traffic, which I was not doing, and then given another ticket for texting and driving, which I had started to text someone. I was in park, and then I didn't realize I was being pulled over because I was already pulled over. And then when the cop walked up, I was texting my friend. I was like, I think I'm being pulled over outside. And then the cop was like, texting and driving, I see. And I was like, literally, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked him to take a photo of my car, but the photo he took looks like I'm blocking the road. So I'm like, this You're is like, not <laughs> evident. Yeah, I'm like, ah, like smiling kind of. And then it looks like I'm in the middle of the road. Like it's not contextually 
yeah it, just, it was a bad angle it was a bad it's angle a bad angle your honor it was a bad angle so like i can't use that as evidence mm-hmm. because that incriminates me i feel yeah you oh, the best you can hope for is that he doesn't show up otherwise you're kind of fucked because the other thing yeah i got in traffic trouble <laughs> with a, a red light camera and somebody was like just go in and fight it because if they can't see your face like i had sunglasses on they're mm-hmm. like it could have been anyone and i was just like mm, i'll just pay <laughs> i don't like confrontation but yeah. there could be like some loophole for you where like that wasn't me <laughs> i don't even know no because i've already been arraigned and pled not guilty oh yeah yeah true so i'm gonna go in and be like it wasn't you yeah (laughs) (laughs) drop the out of my mind on drugs bomb on them no um yeah i'll just have a statement and then just pray that that cop doesn't show up yeah like why would you want to show up I mean, he was a real dick, so yeah. you just never know. Yeah, but me, he probably pulls so many people over. Like, you think he's really gonna it's remember? A game of numbers, little for them. me, yeah. <laughs> to show up and like troll me further. Yeah. If he does, I'll say I'll say he's harassing me mm-hmm. by showing up to this court date. He harassed me. Order. He harassed me on the road, yeah. bullied me, which yeah, is both true, yeah. and now has further continued his campaign of harassment mm-hmm. and infringing on my already fragile mental health by showing up here to further troll me your honor sustained thank you <laughs> thanks so much <laughs> granted and like patreon.com slash babe podcast uh, to everyone in the courtroom oh my god do you have a jury no i don't know actually how it works for that i think it's I just like you it's only have a judge yeah, yeah. <laughs> they also have like five, 50 other people that have the same type of thing going on yeah so you're like looped in and they it's one like by one like go through it a puppy mill of crime yeah <laughs> there was someone though that had their lawyer show up like on their behalf mm, which chic. i was like that she yeah. but also a shitty job to be like that lawyer that just like sits there in traffic court not the kind of lawyer i'm trying to be hashtag not my lawyer Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow it's a big week for you it's a huge week (laughs) fuck what if he throws the book at you he's like you go to jail that day yeah (laughs) if you if dead if there's no podcast consequences like a 400 dollar ticket yeah it's like 450 dollars or something and It could make my insurance go up, so it would need to go to like traffic school. It's just like a yeah, fucking troll. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I should not have to do this. Not even out of a sense of entitlement. If I had broken the law, I would gladly do it. No, for sure. That's why I didn't fight mine because I was like, yeah, I fucking rolled through a red light. Like I'm on camera. You can clearly see it. Nobody else has this um, wonderful visage. Yeah. Uh, and so. <laughs> yeah part of i want to like i thought of this as a defense tactic (laughs) which is so i didn't have a front license plate on my car at the time and in california you're required to have a front license plate and a back license plate Mm. so i'm thinking what if i just like try and undermine this cop's credibility and say 
Your Honor, if he was really clearly this is a man who was trying to go buy the book on everything, yet he missed this thing that I actually did have. That's not a good defense, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's just like, yeah, you break the law all yeah, the time. You do have more things that you did bad. <laughs> Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's a good idea, but mm-hmm. I think um <laughs> they get old up. <laughs> the old, the worst case scenario is this cop shows up and then he's like, "This woman berated me and screamed at me and flipped me off," which is oh, all true. That. Yes, yeah. And then I'm like, "Yeah, he might have like made a note. Sorry. Do you go to court for this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she deserves it. <laughs> <Just> fucking... <laughs> which you Damn don't because it. it's so stupid, especially in L.A. where you're like valeting all the time. It's so dumb. You're like, you know what? It's the dumbest." I over re- I reacted in a heated way, mm-hmm. and I said some things that I now would like to apologize for. But I maintain that I did not break the law. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> Should go in a wedding dress and just like scare everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just plead insanity, yeah. temporary insanity. Yeah, yeah. I got to work on this case. Got a big case on Friday. Court on Friday. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm just a Michelle Carter, you know, just trying to fucking get by fucking pencil in those brows and march on down. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so let's talk about the Alice element. Yeah. I feel like the Alice that Alice is lying that her and her mom, like that something did happen with that girl and maybe they're just like not copping to it. Like maybe the they weren't the in love. They were like the girl, like on her softball team <laughs> that she like was in love with a lesbian on a softball team. Yeah. You don't say. groundbreaking <laughs> <laughs> when they showed that photo of her, like smiling with her softball team. And then start, I was like, same. Yeah. You played it. softball for, oh years up until my senior year of high school oh my god big time softball player over here <laughs> i get i see you <laughs> michelle yeah yeah i mean what is the truth it's so hard to like especially with these things to know especially with this gq writer he weirdly was like the voice of reason yeah and i was like I want to trust you. Yeah. He was hot. I know I was into it. He's hot. I was like, whoa, you really get it. Yeah. And like serious and like, he was serious. He leaned forward. He had Mm -hmm. really like a nice cuff scenario on his Mm -hmm. shirt. Mm -hmm. It was very crisp (laughs) and a blazer that fit nicely. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can get it responsible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think Michelle's pretty hot too. Yeah, she's very striking, for sure. But she's also, like just like her Delaney. style journey was like so interesting, and what and that people like blamed or made so much of it 
in terms of like she knows she's going to court so she changed her whole look and knew she was going to be on camera so she, she was probably stressed the fuck out because she was 17 years old yeah. and like facing a involuntary manslaughter charge and has brain damage and is just like fucked up herself and like values and very stressed out and like didn't eat a lot yeah Mm, I want to go. I want to commit a crime. I get so stressed. I don't need the Michelle Carter diet where you, (laughs) it's a long, it's a very long process. It really doesn't show results until like the last six months. It's a long con. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like a two year (laughs) diet that is, you find a suicidal boy who's also kind of abusive and fucked up. Enter a relationship with him where you text 60,000 times. 60,000. When he finally kills himself, you get arrested and charged with his murder. Then that's when the diet really kicks really into kicks high in. gear. Yeah. 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 Then you'll be so stressed out that you just won't eat anything because you think you're going to go to jail for murder. You're going to go to jail for instructing people to do this. Yeah. I am going to go to jail. Like, can you just go to jail for anything now? It feels like you can. Mm, yeah, probably. I'm like, this is all a joke. Don't do the diet. Yeah. Here's a disclaimer. We don't um, really mean it. Yeah. But then that it's like, you're going to spend most of that two year period being like, oh, I don't see any results. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm so frustrated, but just yeah. hang on. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy our book. <laughs> our meal plan. Hello, fresh. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, fresh. <laughs> Goodbye, fresh. <laughs> I'm like, this is brought to you by Daily Harvest. (laughs) (laughs) Use code Ms. Carter for three cups of... (laughs) Like as in Beyonce? As in Michelle. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) But then finally that last six months will all come together. Yeah. 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 We don't think it's funny, but we do. <laughs> if it, nothing's funny, everything's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Think about Let's that. Think I don't about even that. know what that Smarties. means. <laughs> Our friend Price is a cube head. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Price. If you're listening, cube, recognize cube. Stepping on my game, bitch. <laughs> you're on my turf. Graydon has had his tried his hand at cubing yeah and you know you put that passion on the shelf for a little bit but Mm -hmm. you might get back into it Mm -hmm. and now that you see that there are other cubers out there there's could be a cuber community yeah for those of you who don't know what the fuck we're talking about (laughs) go back listen to i don't know what episode it is (laughs) two (laughs) but you talked about cubing it up yeah making resin little worlds with resin and and miniatures yeah and just like making little sculptures and then a a dear dear queens of mine price Mm -hmm. peterson you can go on his instagram go on his, his instagram yeah he cubed hard mm-hmm. he did like eight or nine or something yeah i've only done one <laughs> so i guess it's, it's not get really back a passion in the studio yeah <laughs> back in the studio get back in the stew and start to cube in my laundry room yeah yeah with a mask on <laughs> no ventilation <laughs> it's more brain damage uh, i love like a crafty gay journey yeah I was surprised by him coming out of the craft closet. Yeah. That's all. There's lots of closet crafters. Yeah. Let's 
do some reader mail. Yes, please. Dear Lara, an esteemed guest, a surprising Instagram revelation has me wondering about female nipple looks. Two of my dearest friends got married this past weekend. Today, Monday, the pictures are up on social media. It's with extreme embarrassment that I now realize that the top of my dress was fully sheer. My friends are religious (laughs) and somewhat conservative, and I was a small but extremely visible part of their wedding. Not only were my nipples on full and prominent display during the actual wedding, but they are now immortalized on the internet. Worse, I appear to be taking an intern- an intentional free-the-nipples stand amidst a very church-best kind of crowd. The tattoos and piercings certainly don't help. But I'm not that punk rock. I'm a small cup size and usually go braless under dresses. When I got ready for the wedding, the lighting must have been favorable because I looked fully covered. So now I'm at a loss. Do I acknowledge what appears to be a decisive fashion statement? Do I apologize? Do I let it go? Do I embrace my new role as a hashtag free the nipple advocate and go for an even edgier nip look? I'd love to hear your thoughts on a nipple movement intentional or otherwise are sheer tops and visible nipples kind of a babe move. Thanks for all that you do. Your podcast always brighten my week. Love and light is nude. The new rude (laughs) (laughs) nude is the new tude. Yeah. Oh, love that. Do you like that? Nudie tootie. I am a full advocate of, I want the more nipples, the better. Yeah. Get your nips out. I want them out on social media. I want to see everyone's tits. Yeah. I think Tumblr should be arrested. Yeah. For suppressing that. Like what is like, what is the deal? Yeah. Everyone's such a prude. People freaking out about women's boobs only makes women's boobs that much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't they realize? Yeah. Do you realize? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I need, I want to see the pictures. Yeah. I want to see so pictures curious as too. To like how obvious it is. I don't think anybody, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think anybody would think, think that you were like trying to make a statement or steal focus or anything. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like I would innocent... just be like, lol, my nips are on full display. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> really didn't mean to do that. It's a good story. Yeah. 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 And that's a hot look. Yeah. Should Even be so lucky to purpose, have you at a wedding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you, if like your friends are going to get mad about that, then. Well, also like how obvious could it have been if nobody came up and was like hey here's a sweater to tie around your shoulders you know what i mean like true probably wasn't as i'm like are they just like is it like your nipples are hard and you can see them like jennifer (laughs) aniston and friends or are they is it like fully it's just like sheer birch yeah in american's beauty (laughs) yeah because i have like i'm a small cup size and i usually go braless in most situations Hmm. but i don't know yeah once i got pretty drunk and then fully (laughs) instagram storied my tits and i woke up the next day then instagram had deleted it (gasps) yeah wait how long was it up then um like a while yeah like an hour at least. Uh-huh. And or well, maybe did a you get few. messaged? What happened? I don't know if anyone messaged me. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> but like, does Instagram just like have like nipple? Like, how do they know? Once also, also Instagram, Wait, Instagram freckles. Instagram stories you're allowed, aren't you? No. Oh, really? Mm-mm. Oh, I have this like friend in London who's not, I, 
also just an acquaintance, but he posts like dick pics in his stories because like everybody he's accepted to be his friend is just cool with it. Oh, but that's private. If you're private, I don't think that it matters. But if you're right, public, course, I think yes. that they can like yeah, or do they whatever only go to his like close friends. Yeah, nipple search. Do you have your butt on your Instagram? No, mm, I did. Like a bare butt? Yeah. No, you can do butts on Instagram. Yeah, which is. Yeah, you could always... I had my butt on there because I was in Palm Springs and I took a s- picture and my butt, thighs, and calves look like hollow bread. <laughs> 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 so it was more of a funny than a sexy. But I archived it for now. It's no longer active on the feed. No. Maybe I'll put it back up for the readers. Yeah, re-release yeah. it. Ass out. <laughs> Ass out. Yeah, where... So, like, there's nowhere that you can put your tits on the internet anymore. Can you put them on Twitter? You can still put tits on Twitter, right? Yes, yes. XXX is a lot on Twitter. Okay. They just, like, you have your own settings, and, like, it'll say this media may be sensitive, and you, like, oh, yeah. agree to view it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because I did, I posted a photo of Freckle, like, a mm. year and some change ago of her pushing mm-hmm. her tits together. Mm-hmm. And then that got taken down, but I was like, that's, like not your call to make Instagram. No, no, for sure. And there was a lot on Tumblr with freckles images that were like female presenting nipple arguments, like in just like gender queer nipples. It's yeah. like, where do you draw the line? It's so, it's so just, lame. God, Get over so it. What is the big it's re- fucking it's the deal? Religion. It's religion. It's the like, they just want to be able to like market their things to more people in America. And there's such a huge religious crowd that it just opens doors for revenue (sighs) by being prudes. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the red scare after show. (laughs) (laughs) Edge Lords too. Lara, my queen, I wish I could order a babe shirt for my friend's birthday. Why don't you have any merch? Sad face. Love a very sad reader. I know. I need to get merch. I'm it's it's in the mix. Merch it up. I'm gonna I'm working on it. But there is merch for other podcast stuff. If you go to larsmarie.com slash store. I visited your site. It's so sleek. Uh thank you very much. You're welcome. And you can merch sup wise in that space and there will be more merch coming soon just not a shirt just yet (laughs) (laughs) dear queen lauren esteemed guest semi longtime reader first time caller all the way from midsommary sweden (laughs) your brew stories are always highlights in my babe podcast journey and when you and Graydon discuss brew trolls that don't know how toilets work i couldn't resist (laughs) writing in and telling you about a recent brew experience (laughs) where i myself was a capital b babe (laughs) I used to live in Belgium back in my teens and I paid a visit last month where I stayed with my friend's parents' house for one night. I stayed at hers before so I have a chill and friendly relationship with her family. Arriving on the first day was a real test on my endurance as I had spent the previous days traveling about with a lot traveling about a lot without having done a number two. And when I did arrive there Oh, when I did arrive, there was no chance for it as I was just straight into town for pizzas and beers. Cut to when we finally get to hers late at night and sweet, sweet relief. But my toughened brew that has built up over the past few days, of course, clogs up the toilet. 
with my drunkenness wearing off but still there and no plunger in sight all my mind can think of is to keep on flushing but the brew is persistent i become slightly panicked at this point everyone in the house has gone to bed and i decide to call it a day and put an alarm on for early the next day so i can fix it then being my overanxious self however once in bed i'm tossing and turning unable to forget my crime and fall asleep Desperate for the nightmare to be over, I throw off the bed sheets and sneak down to the toilet for a final attempt at resolving the situation. For what must be the fourth time I flush, and it seems to have gone, it's hard to tell because the bubbles created from the cleaning pad that's stuck inside the toilet bowl. In the moment when I finally might be able to breathe out, I hear tiny noises outside the door. Yeah. And oh. I hear tiny noises outside the door. That's it, I think. I'm busted. My friend's dad or mom is going to discover a ruined toilet and a house guest with an Asian flush from beer and shame. The door opens and in comes their cat. In my anxious state, I must have forgotten to shut it properly. The relief of a mere feline intruder mixed with the adrenaline and everything else has made me utterly exhausted and I decide to give up, climb back into bed and succumb to sleep. The next morning, I wake up and desperately hope that the problem has somehow solved itself. (laughs) When greeting my friend and her parents, who are already fully clothed and had breakfast, all of them acting quite normally. Who knows if the brew did flush away? One of them found it and is too polite to confront me about it or yet to find a surprise in their toilet. Not daring to confront the crime scene, I instead use the upstairs bathroom that morning. Turns out the cat is truly a babe. She once again decides to invite herself in this time while i'm having a shower she's still unbelievably cute though and i appreciate the primal bonding moment i got to have with her while lathering myself in soap fully naked in front of her so in the end i had breakfast and left after that to this day i have no idea the fate of the tough turn guess whether i'll be able to come back in the future as a true tbd in my mind though everything seemed okay the dad even gave me a wilco cd (laughs) (laughs) thanks for providing laws and brightening up my days of endless job hunting much love and light a belgian brewer oh my god a toughened up brew cute (laughs) sounds like fine yeah you got away with it that's totally fine there's no shame in parents are like fine like once you've had a kid and you've spent years cleaning up their shit i think that you are no longer trolled by a bruise yeah and you're just like brew happens yeah yeah the yeah. only thing that would be bad is if like the toilet had overflowed but as long as you yeah okay that's you saved them a lot of trouble by not forcing it <laughs> yeah just leave it and let them deal with it just gotta get a little poo knife <laughs> a little poo palette knife to <laughs> chop it up chop next it up time. and <laughs> throw it in the trash the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's a spite fuck email. Ooh, yes. Hello. My ex-boyfriend was a real mind fuck and cheated on me a few times until finally leaving me for a girl he was cheating with. Was honestly devastated, which slowly turned to anger that he had the audacity to leave me after everything I put up with. But that ain't how it goes. But ain't that how it goes. Anyway, I'm from a small country, so social circles tend to be kind of small and intertwined and of course i knew the girl i was newly 20 and went on this crazy revenge rampage in my head once they got together made it my mission in life to fuck him and hope that she found out so she could feel how i felt healthy healing vibes anyway we fucked it was the opposite of difficult surprise surprise took a while but i did realize how dumb it was that i hurt her 
Meanwhile, that asshole had no negative consequences and just got to get laid by me again. Sigh. Anyway, you live and learn. And I ended up apologizing to the girl a year or so later. We're friends now. The end. Love and ex-babe. P.S. I have a brother fantasy and have lived it out privately in my head with various dudes. I've never met a guy who's into the idea. Oh, my God. I don't have a brother, so maybe maybe I wouldn't have the fantasy if I did. Mm. Also, I feel like if someone fucked their brother or sister, I wouldn't be into it, though, to hear about it or see. I think I'd be disturbed. I don't know. It's complicated. I often <laughs> find stepbrother and sister porn that's good, though. Okay, bye. <laughs> love, love your it. journey yeah <laughs> an ex-babe who's an incest freak mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> i think that's the best way to be an incest freak is to not have you just want what you can't have like to me that feels that mm. seems really normal mm-hmm. of being like i don't have any siblings yeah. so my fantasy is to like have a really hot brother that i fuck would you have sex with your clone yeah yeah of course Duh. (laughs) I've had a dream that I had sex with myself and it was amazing. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. You do get some in dreams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I've had dreams where I've like had really good sex, which was this particular (laughs) dream. I was like, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't. I figured that you had. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm not a total freak. The headline of this email, please talk about my problem. I've talked about it with my friends too much, but I'm still not done talking about it. Oh my God. Hi, Lara and lovely guest. I'm currently trying to rip myself out of the babe of a life I've created for myself and listening to the pod has been a great source of comfort while feeling like I'm going through turmoil. The last time I babed out this hard, I just numbed all my senses by drinking and getting high by myself constantly. But this time I'm using your beautiful voice as my drug. Oh, love that. Anyway, about three years about three years ago, I fell in love with my now boyfriend. He's a kind, beautiful person who I picture myself being with maybe forever when we keep our babing out to healthy levels. But I've really gotten myself into a fuck situation. We graduated from school over a year ago. I'm from Northern California and he's from Southern California. We agreed that after graduation, we would move into his parents' house for a year, get jobs, save our money. He would pay down his student loans, and then we would move out. We sleep in different rooms and have little to no privacy. It should be noted that his family has nothing but ki- been nothing but kind to me, and they're truly lovely people. Anyway, we've lived with them for a little over a year now. I've gotten a job and saved up a decent nest egg, but my boyfriend hasn't landed a full-time job yet, and everything has started to culminate, and I feel myself on the edge of a total babe breakdown. When things don't go as planned and I feel I have no control, I go fucking bonkers. I mean, my situation isn't bad per se, but I'm desperately wanting to spread my wings and live my life a little more. I work as a super whatever nine to five desk job and then I get to go home to him and his family and I hate to sound callous, but I'm over it. Never having time or space to myself is taking away from my own sense of self and personal growth. I want to move out by myself, even if it means more than half of my income would go to living expenses. I want to take the pressure off myself and my relationship and I think moving out would do just that. And I'm not opposed to the idea of living with my boyfriend once he figures his stuff out a bit more. But I'm also a huge pussy who's afraid of everything that entails. Telling his parents I'm piecing out, having to find a place, just, I don't know, everything. Do I just take the plunge and move out or try and practice some self-discipline and patience and stay living there? I've always been terrible with most transitions in my life. They give me terrible anxiety, dread, and I spiral into negative self-talk. 
Lara and friend, do I move out? How do I make decisions when all of it is surrounded by anxiety? How do I navigate telling his parents I'm leaving, but their son is staying with them without making it seem like I'm fucking over it? Thank you for any and all advice. I love the pod and the people you have on. They bring me comfort and lols. It's very sweet. Um, What do you think? I zoned out a little bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's living with her boyfriend at his parents' place. She's living with her boyfriend at at his parents' place. They have to sleep in separate (laughs) rooms. Oh, yeah. And she's over it. She has a job and could move out and wants to move out, but doesn't know how to do it. Okay, yeah. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I have brain damage. Um, I think think you have to follow your gut in this situation. Yeah, there's no shame in like that situation, but... Yeah, I think you just need to, like, it's like a little Frida Kahlo, Diego Rivera situation. You can just, like, maybe move next door. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, like, it doesn't have to be super sudden either. Like, there's a way to say that you're moving without, like, making it seem like you're ungrateful or that you're like, mm-hmm. I'm over this, even though you are over it. Like, yeah, I think if you say like, now that I have a job, like I'm going to get an apartment and like, I'm just wanted to let you know that in like the next couple months, I'll probably be signing a lease and like moving out. I'm sure that your boyfriend would probably be psyched because Mm. you guys could actually like fuck (laughs) at your new apartment. Not through the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And like not have to sneak around and do it or like sleep in different rooms. Um, could save your relationship too. Yeah. That's really not being over it. That's like wanting to make it work. Yeah. And I think that any parents would understand and be like, I get it. Like if you are a parent and you're like, no, I'm mad that you're moving out. Like yeah. you're a fucking freak. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get a clue. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, but, I mean, slow it's always hard pull to... of the trigger. Is yeah. The best bet. Well, and also like, don't treat it like it's like give, telling him he has cancer. It's just like, start talking to him about it and be on the same team about it. Yeah. And just like work it out together. It's not like you have to like split it. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, post-college, any relationship that you get into in college or during your like early 20s is so difficult because you're not like hardened to the cruel ways of the world yet. So you still probably believe in love and like find love, Mm -hmm. but you're in such a time of transition that you just don't know where your life is going and neither does your partner. So it's like, there's a huge chance that it just like won't work out just <laughs> from the number, like just from the fact that it's like, that's what happens sometimes. <sighs> so know that I'm like, sorry, oh but like, no, but that's like just how it goes. And it's cool that you guys are figure Like you can't, but all that is to just say, you can't put your own needs in the closet because just to like make sure that his parents and him don't feel like threatened by you wanting something that's totally normal, which is like your own space. Yeah. You're doing what every human is like supposed to do eventually. Yeah. That's very fair. Yeah. Yeah. But it could just be like a slow, like you said, just like a little, 
slowly start the conversation and thinking about looking for apartments. Like yeah. I know we were going to move out together, but it's like now that I have this like job going, like it's really important for me. And like, obviously you're welcome. Like I want you over my place all the time. And mm-hmm. then hopefully when you get a job, like you can move in and we can live together. I think it's cool that you're not like, I'll just get the apartment and like yeah. he can move in yeah. because that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's just slow. Pull the bandaid off really slowly. Yeah. This is a Don't good make it seem like a bad thing. Make yeah. It seem like a good thing. I have a, I have a good idea. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this will be nice for us. That kind of thing. Yeah. And when you're talking to the parents, just, I think reiterating like, without you guys, like I wouldn't be in this situation. Like you've helped me so much. And like, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. Like I'm so excited for like the next phase and to like have you guys over to cook you dinner and say, thank you. And like, be like, you will all still like be a part of my life. It's just like, I'm ready to get a place. Yeah. You're glowing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Put a positive spin on that grin. What? (laughs) (laughs) put a positive spin on that grin (sighs) making decisions when surrounded by anxiety is really tough but i think i think in this situation it sounds like your anxiety is coming from you know what you want to do but you just know it's gonna it's like it's a sensitive hurt. or difficult conversations to have and you have anxiety about that it's yeah. not like you're unsure if you want to move out like yeah. you already know it yeah it's just like putting off the inevitable yeah so once you really put the ball in motion i feel like your anxiety will get less and less yeah for sure you know how they say don't make a decision out of fear mm-hmm. i don't understand that because fear surrounds me <laughs> <laughs> I will like sometimes I'm afraid of something. So I like, should I make a decision because I'm, I am anxious or not make it because I'm anxious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you, uh, do you feel that way? N- I definitely know what you're talking about, yeah. but like, I feel like anything that gives you a lot of fear or like anxiety is probably a sign that you need to like look at that and like lean into that rather than like run away from it. Right. I mean, obviously it's like, don't based on fear. (laughs) Well, let your fear inform (laughs) you about the decisions you should be making. Mm. So basically, yeah. Do you make a decision based off fear? Yeah. (laughs) Like don't like go mountain biking just because you're scared of it. (laughs) Or, like, jump or off do. a cliff or, yeah. like, free solo. Uh-huh. But, like, if something is bringing up, like, I know, like, if you wanted to be, like, a singer or something like that, but you were really scared about, like, getting on stage and, like, playing the guitar, right. that's a sign that it's, Don't like... Don't let your fear hold you back from the yeah, thing you like, you do. should that's a better, do that because yeah. it's what you want to do, but it's, like, scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can do an acoustic set at Starbucks on Melrose. <laughs> oh my God, dark. They have like bingo there once a week. I mean, I've never what? been in there because I don't go into Starbucks. Like, 
and any entrance or fuck with it like a starbucks after like 5 p.m is like 5150 territory yeah. yeah who you don't need anything from a starbucks after 5 p.m no it's very <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> and i do have a friend that goes to starbucks a lot at night and i'm like i just have never addressed my thoughts of that to her but i'm like that's weird she showed up is she did she show up to movie night the other week yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's always popping into Starbucks for a late night Trenta. Trenta yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I love your passion, but I also passion am fruit just shaken tea. So freaked out by Starbucks at night. Yeah. It's a bad scene in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> said what I said. <laughs> Should we do one more? Yeah. Uno mas. Uno mas. Dear Lara and company, I'm a longtime reader in LA, literally living for Tuesdays and Wednesdays when Babe comes out. Thank you so much for generating all the A-plus content week after week and truly keeping me going with the laws, takes, and insights. You and the crew feel like old friends and hearing your experiences and thoughtful stories really helps me feel less alone in a city where a lot of people I meet are vapid, brain-dead bubs. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm writing in to look for advice or direction or pointers or maybe even just more thoughts on getting by in Los Angeles in 2019 when living here without a six-figure salary seems nearly impossible. I'm so inspired by your journey over the past year and a half or so from someone who would joke on the pod about maybe living beyond your means in a spacious WeHo apartment, or maybe it was Ryan who would joke about that, to someone who took control of her brand, got ahead of her tax drama and on top of her finances, and achieved self-sufficiently at least to self-sufficiency at least to the extent that she could become a mother basically i just really want a dog too here's a side note last summer i bought a french bulldog from a breeder and brought it home to my roommates who revolted and demanded i bring it back i was sad but frenchies are expensive on so many levels and i actually didn't have two grand to pay for the pup in the first place so after two days of lovely morning neighborhood walks and a few pee puddles on my comforter no in-unit laundry here I strapped the pup in my car and drove it back to the semi-sketchy breeder who was pretty chill about accepting the dog back. I then returned all $300 worth of merchandise I'd purchased from PetSmart and left the whole ordeal in the dust. I haven't really looked back since, but lately I've been burning up with another bout of puppy fever. It makes me so depressed because I'm a year removed from my original puppy finance failure and I'm only, if anything, worse off monetarily. My rent since moving here four years ago has doubled. I have a decent, consistent job as a writer's PA on a TV show, but I'm incredibly underpaid considering the cost of living here and my own personal student loan and credit card debt. I'm 25 and my one excellent, my once excellent credit score has sunk like the Titanic. I tried working a restaurant job, but getting $11 an hour to sacrifice my valuable weekends to work in the service industry made me miserable. And I could only handle two months of doing that. Sometimes I do wag, but making $12 here and there seems pointless and arbitrary when I think about my $60,000 worth of various debts. What's wag? Wag is like a dog walking app, I think. Oh, okay. If I kept my head down and just continued on my shitty job where I work with a bunch of straight white comics who I mostly think are smug, egomaniac losers, I might win the lottery and become a writer in like four years. 
I'd be fine with that if my living situation weren't so insufferable for the time being. I feel like I need to live alone, but it's just impossible here unless you can afford a two grand a month apartment. I've tolerated other people's inability to clean up after themselves for four years, and it's just driving me crazy at this point. I really think I need a dog to make everything better. You've talked about how dreadful it is to think about and live through money troubles. I hate to hear myself even complain about it, but what should I do? Is the answer to forfeit this fab gay lifestyle and move back to the Midwest with my parents in their depressing suburban shithole hoarder house? (laughs) (laughs) You should be a writer now. I don't (laughs) even think, yeah, I don't even think that guarantees a better financial quality of life. What advice do you have for someone who always has always wanted to work in media, but hasn't been able to cultivate an audience? I sometimes think it would be very effective to try being prolific with my work, but it seems like any time I ever make and release anything, it doesn't seem to have a lot of ability to generate attention anyways. So help me God, I swear I'm interesting. And I don't think hashtags are the answer either. As someone who's grown an empire through connecting with people online, what do you notice people respond to? My friends like me and my writing, but I find it so difficult to teach anyone to reach anyone relevant outside of my small orbit. Do you think it's worth it to constantly struggle just to live in LA? Do you think it's still possible to build a following online by sharing your lived experience? Do you have answers to, do you have the answer to my question? That is how can one find success? Please advise with love a broke, but fabulous reader. Success is impossible. (laughs) Did you say impossible? (laughs) (laughs) Success isn't even really success. Hmm. I feel like it's all relative Mm -hmm. like and what you're looking for is you want to write you want to make money writing Mm -hmm. you want to make enough money so that you can live alone and have a dog and you're on the track for doing that yeah the bad news is that you're young (laughs) and you're just beginning in an industry that takes a really long time to get to where you want to get yeah and you are just going to have to like suck it up and deal with it for a little while. Maybe a long while. Yeah. It yeah. Sucks. Maybe a long while. Yeah. Um, you're a good writer. You're a good writer. Like yep. that email you made us both genuinely lol. Mm-hmm. So that is a big deal. Yeah. You win. You win the dog prize. It's been so depressing though, like seeing on Twitter all of these writers recently, like people we know, and also just like famous big writers are like, um, can somebody get me a job because of this WGA strike? And they're like, yeah, nobody. It's like, oh fuck. Even really talented people are just like struggling right now. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the hard (laughs) thing I think about having writing and especially like writing for TV or screenwriting as your only gig that you do Mm -hmm. because something like this WGA thing happens and then it like truly fucks you more than anyone else. Like I've never, there's never been any other guild to strike because writers, I think get paid and this fucking long. Yeah. Writers get paid the least out of everyone, even on like big shows and whatever, like you're always going to get paid the least when you're doing the most yeah. and you're creating, yeah, creating the, the, thing, the content thing that people make it's insane but it's just how it's always fucking gone yeah so i think having like side hustles is really important yeah i have like multiple jobs that i do for income mm-hmm. and so that definitely helps 
And just understanding that, like, you got to just, like, work your way up. Well, I'm like, I'd love a writer's assistant <laughs> gig. I'm, like, begging my agents for anything. Yeah. And they're like, mm, sorry, nothing's happening. So it's, that's, gr- I'm not trying to be a dick, but that's cool that you have that job. I think that's yeah. great. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And, like, it will, as long as you keep doing this type of job it will lead to other jobs because you really get jobs i think in la just through meeting people and knowing people i've not i've not applied for and just like gotten a job randomly i don't think no maybe one but then it i wrote on a show it didn't go anywhere it didn't even come out Mm. and then yeah yeah and then it was as though it had never happened but i did make a really really good friend off of it so that was like the bonus (laughs) but like work-wise it paid next to nothing and like never came out so it's just like you just have to keep chipping away well i think what i appreciate about you is just how you respect the hustle and you like are open to doing so many things. And I think that, you know, that's inspired me. I'm just like, it's, it's, you don't just have to do one thing and become a prolific writer and that's it. There are many paths that can lead you there. And I think that like what you do is you're like, yeah, I'm down to act in something. I'm down to come over and hold a light reflector. I'm down to, you know, like I think that being humble and just working hard is like so major yeah, and really helps. So just like make stuff. Yeah as much as you can like that is what has been so good about podcasting for me is like i'm just not i'm a very slow writer Mm -hmm. and i don't like writing for even though i have written like articles online i don't like that line of work because Mm -hmm. i feel it just i stress out about writing it takes me forever then it comes out and like normally nothing ever happens like it's just out and then it's then it's like great facebook and mom likes it (laughs) yeah it's like you launch it's like launching it's like we work in a vacuum where no one gives a shit and so that is really not gratifying even when there's like a nice paycheck or something involved like the best the thing i the thing i wrote that went viral ish for vice was that mess with my stepmom article. And like once that was public, I like didn't get paid anything for that. Like I wrote it for me and Mm -hmm. then it was like, that was like the only thing I've really enjoyed writing. And then now that's like what I'm working on writing wise has to do with that. But I don't know where I was going with any of that. (laughs) I had a good point. <laughs> do you want a little bit of meth and get back on track? <laughs> do some meth and then think about <laughs> yeah, your you life. Yeah, you do a lot of work on meth. Um, no, but like do, I think you have to also find what you like to write about mm-hmm. and like what you're good at writing about and what makes you, what sparks like some sort of passion and then do that kind of stuff. Oh, and then the pot, yeah, to come bring it back. So I should have taken an Adderall before that. I'm like, Ooh. 
<laughs> the reason that podcasting is great is because it just gave me a task to complete every week. It's yep. a way to make something without having to write my nemesis, the <laughs> action of writing mm. a draft of anything. Mm-hmm. Sorry to my book agent if you're listening right now. <laughs> I am working, I swear, and I'm talking about all my book stuff in therapy, and it, there's stuff is happening. Yeah, but like being just being able to make something and put it out in the world, and then connect, like have people connect over it, has really, really helped me. So I think if you find whatever it is that you can do that you like to do, you'll find a way to connect with other people. It's funny because it's like writing is one of those things that you can like put on Tumblr or like on Medium or, you know, just like or whatever. But like it's there's not a site like like Instagram where you are a photographer and you put up your things and it's instant like feedback on what you're doing. It's like writing is this weird thing where where do you post your writing unless it's like on an official site that you've been commissioned to do it and where people aren't going to be like, Oh God, he posted another fucking poem. Like what a freak. Like your Tumblr or like (laughs) medium is like, I'd rather (laughs) (laughs) KMS. Michelle Carter special. Um, Yeah. It's so it's a hard thing to like get the proper praise and feedback for writing. Yeah. And I think there's no YouTube for writing mm-hmm. and within yes, there is. with like film and TV and like screenwriting, the good news is that you have a foot in the door with your job mm-hmm. and that can lead you to you having like an agent. I mean, like good luck with that in this climate <laughs> right now, but the WGA I'm sure will figure out whatever they're yeah. fucking shit. No, you could is. be a scab. <laughs> what? You could be a scab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you can, you can level up in certain ways, but you're never going to reach a point or you might, but like more often than not, you're not going to reach a point where people are just like banging down your door, begging you to work. Like you're always going to have to kind of be in charge of your own career, which is really annoying. It's really annoying. It's also kind of freeing to realize that because like, I just remember I had this, moment i was listening to the a24 podcast with sofia coppola like where they like into two directors interview each other oh cool that's yeah it's cool it's interesting but like sofia coppola was talking with um paul schrader who wrote taxi driver and just like is now writing and directing and he's just like obviously made these huge classic movies yeah and he's like was just complaining the whole time about how hard it is and how like he doesn't get control of his things and like a studio has stolen a film from him and i was like oh this industry even if you think people are doing better than you no one no one's doing better than you (laughs) everyone is getting fucked Fucked. all the time and that's like the really the sad thing about choosing to live here and choosing to work in this industry even though i'm like tangential at this point but like Keep an eye out because I'm (laughs) soon, you little bitches. But like, you're constantly being trolled by a variety of things. Yeah. And the whole, if you can find people that like understand what you want to do and are like collaborators and like you can work with them and they can help push your shit through to the next level and they only troll you like 10% of the time but 90% of the time it's like live laugh love yeah you have found the sweet spot yeah 
because nothing means anything. I mean, I had a contract that a studio fully reneged on. And then like the, it was like, even if you sign a contract and you have lawyers that sign it and they can, you can have that just like totally pulled off the table. There's all sorts of loopholes to get out of it. So nothing means anything. So you just have to be like a fucking psycho and make stuff and like put it out there and then just like hustle, call people and just, yeah. And care and care and not care. Like you have to, there has to be a part of you that also doesn't care. Yeah. Because if you, it's all you care about, it's a weird drive yourself insane. Yeah. I've had a fucking script in development for over a year that I wrote, started writing two years ago. And I'm just like, it takes months and months to get fucking feedback on something. And I'm like, Oh my God, I wrote the script so I could get a quick paycheck and sell it. (laughs) Like, can we just, nothing is ever quick. (laughs) No, I know. Nothing is quick. (laughs) It will never be, you'll never get paid quickly. No. Working in any sort of writing capacity. Maybe I do get paid quickly on one gig, but that is not entertainment really based. I'm like, it's called back page pros. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Writing your unclassified. Um, so no, it's just, you picked a really hard fucking industry. So buckle up and like you for getting as far as you have. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. You're really young. Yeah. You're going to be great. You have a long road ahead of you and just enjoy it. Do not get a dog right now. No, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) No dog for you. Orman. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to Susie the shit out of you and be like, you can't get a dog. No period. Especially as a PA when you have to leave it alone for 24 hours, potentially in a row. No one wins in that scenario. No. So hold off on the dog. You will. The good news is dogs aren't going anywhere. Yeah. There's literally thousands of dogs (laughs) at any given moment. (laughs) Thousands. There are. There are. It's true. Yeah. At least thousands. On Craigslist alone. Mm -hmm. So like, just don't get a dog, whatever you do. And just... That'll just stress you out more. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I'm sorry you have to live with annoying people, but like that's life kind of. Mm-hmm. And you'll get there. Yeah. I have faith in you. Yeah. Yeah. It and is possible. you're a good writer. You're funny. Yeah. So. So just you're a little one bit of step ahead of. After that horrible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the good news is that you're a good writer. Yeah. The bad news is that that really doesn't mean anything either, <laughs> but it can mean something if you just keep, keep going, going yeah. and keep doing it and really, really care about yourself and your career and just press onwards. Yeah. And I'll taxes. bet in like the next five years, you'll be in a place of dog. Yeah. Yeah. We have faith. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> hire me (laughs) (laughs) yeah and if you end up running a show someday and you need any writers on it me and Graydon are definitely (laughs) available (laughs) well that's it that's a long episode you're welcome yeah you're welcome um thank you for being my guest as always i appreciate you i appreciate you and uh, if you want to write into the podcast, you can ask us for advice. You can tell us about your own stories. Have you ever texted someone to kill themselves? <laughs> <laughs> Are you team Michelle or team Connie Conrad? Conrad. Um, yeah. Write me babe podcast at gmail.com. 
Check out my website, LarsMarie.com. Follow me on Instagram to see my ass pic. That's good. Oh, yeah. His holla ass. Holla (laughs) Graydon. Holla at at him on Insta. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're going to do the bonus episode now. Mm -hmm. And if you're a patron for $5 a month, you can get bonus content where we get crazy. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com slash babe podcast. And that's it. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.